Well, hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Brand Builder Show. We're going to be talking about sourcing products, supply chain management, some stuff that might seem boring at the front, but it's going to be really helpful for growing an effective e-commerce business. And today joining me on the show, we've got Maxence. Maxence, welcome to the show today. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. And I always forget to do this. I always forget to how to pronounce your name. Did I get it right? Yeah, yeah, you did. You got it. <laughs> okay, good. I should really get into the habit of checking that before we go live, but there we go. Um, welcome to the show today. We're going to be uh, diving into your journey. You've built and sold an Amazon brand, um, which is going to be really exciting. And then we're going to dive into uh, some of the specialities that you have built up over that time and are using now. Uh, but before we dive into the journey and get into some of the uh, sort of details, why don't you give us a little bit of a background, catch us up over how you got started in e-commerce and, uh, and kind of where you're up to now really all right yeah so i'm gonna try not to make this too long uh i do tend to ramble a little bit so <laughs> but um i e-commerce actually i started uh, about 10 years ago so i'm 29 now i started when i was like 19 built um is uh, i was uh, uh i built like a some sort of a, a weight loss program back then <laughs> so it was like i was um uh back then i lived in canada and quebec and in quebec we speak french um, so I built up like this, uh, information product business, uh, because I was really into fitness, started working out when I was like 14. Um, and so started teaching people how to work out, how to lose weight and everything like that. So did that for about four years. And then, uh, at the end of the, at the end of the four years, I was able to sell the business, uh, to sell the business. So that was like my first, uh, my first exit. It was a modest amount, you know, a low six figure amount. But, uh, for me, uh, as a 25 year old young entrepreneur, it was pretty good. So I uh, did that exit, and then um, I had this friend who was doing uh, uh, Amazon FBA for a couple of years. So I was like, I, I would just look at him, and he, he, was, he was like one of the most like chill entrepreneur friend that I had, you know? Like it was always like business on autopilot, you know, didn't have to work so hard. So I looked at him, and I was like, oh, this is a cool business, and I love product. I love physical products. So I decided that I just would roll my money into Amazon FBA. So that was 2019. Um, and, uh, so yeah, about, uh, four years ago. So that's when I, I got into Amazon at it full time. Uh, initially I went to supplements because, um, that was kind of carrying over from my, my previous business where I was also selling supplements along with the workout programs and everything. So I already had a good supplier in the U S so, and I was pretty good at branding, uh, products and, and, and supplements. So I decided to go into that and that's where I got, um, some of my first successes on Amazon. I also went into uh, different categories. I kind of like, you know, dabbled into um, built this skincare brand uh, with like, uh, you know, some uh, electronic skincare products and uh, some other uh, small brands that I tried. But what really worked out for me was uh, the supplements. So I did that for about, I don't think was it like two or three years, uh, the supplements. And then I ended up uh, selling that business um, again. Um, so I sold that on Empire Flippers. I think nice. that was last year. Um, also for our own, uh, you know, a six figure amount. Um, so yeah. And then, uh, since then, um, uh, I've been working for an aggregator, an Amazon aggregator. So I joined them, um, uh, to do product development for them. 
Awesome, man. That sounds like an exciting journey, which we will dive dive into some more uh, in a moment. Uh, We love to do this intro slot called Favourite Five, which is where we ask you a quick fire, uh, five questions of your favourite things so that you can give some insight into the the listeners of what helps you uh, grow your business and grow your entrepreneurship um, in in your life. So uh, number one, do you have a favourite e-commerce brand? Yeah, I thought about that, and I, I don't know if like that fits into the, the the category what you're looking for, but I thought about Vivo Barefoot. I think actually it's a okay. UK brand, and mm-hmm. they do these uh, minimalistic shoes, and, and I love I love those shoes. Um, they're so good. So I don't even know if they sell on Amazon, but uh, they definitely sell online. And yeah, yeah, nice. shoes. I've definitely heard of them. Yeah, for sure. Good stuff. Okay, uh, your favorite software or tool that helps you run your business or life. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit expected, but I got to say Helium 10 because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's just been like something I've used consistently for the past few years. Uh, it's always been very helpful. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we love the the team at Helium 10. Great tool. I use it every day, so I can highly vouch for that. Um, awesome. Okay, your favorite organic marketing channel. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a big, I'm very Amazon focused, so mm-hmm. I have to say Amazon organic, you know, mm-hmm. like just... Mm-hmm. Ranking for keywords on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. it's a yeah, cra- crazy opportunity, really. When you, when you th- zoom out and you actually think about the opportunity that's there to get that organic traffic is pretty nuts. Um, okay, and paid marketing channel? Um, that one, again, I kind of have to say Amazon PPC, but I'll say Amazon video ads because I okay. think they're very much underrated. Um, and just how how what the potential is to, to, to get ahead of, of everyone else with video ads, I think is really good. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And then finally, your favorite business book. Um, for one. this, I would say 22 Laws of Branding by okay. Al Rice and Jack Trout. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've not heard that one before. I'll have to add that to the list. 22 Laws of Branding. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Good stuff. Okie doke. Thank you for that. Very insightful. Um, let's talk a bit more sort of, uh, sort of zoomed in to your journey then. So getting started in e-commerce 2019, um, you talked about it was a supplement kind of angle that you took. Is that the is that where you stayed? That's the business that you built up and sold, the supplements, or did you change niche at all? Yeah, so basically my first brand was, um, uh, it was an eye health uh, supplement brand that I developed because I had some some issues with my eye and I wanted to have a... a uh, something that would help me like get better eye health so I, I just started like working on that brand and so that was my first product around 2019 um that product did reasonably well but it wasn't it wasn't crazy i forgot exactly the numbers it's been a while um and then um i went into a different niche with a different brand uh, which was an ear health uh supplement so again very niche um and um so that was like I think uh, Q2 2019 or something like that, kind of like six months into Amazon. That was my second. Uh, that product actually did really well. Uh, right from the get-go, it ranked uh, really well and uh, shot up to like twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and it stayed around then. And then uh, things happened to the listing. So uh, kind of uh, uh, less quality reviews started coming in after like about a year. Uh, started having more challenges with getting good reviews and um uh more competitors came in so it kind of like the sales kind of went back down a little bit to like 20 uh, 20 15k a month mm-hmm. um but th- those two brands remained uh my two niche supplement brands that were profitable um 
And that was essentially what I sold uh, when I sold the business. I also worked on the third supplement brand, um, which actually this one I, I break down on my channel called Pure Medics. And that was a generic uh, supplement brand. So instead of being a niche supplement brand focused on one problem, one health problem, it was just a brand that sold uh, generic uh, you know, ingredients, kind of like vitamin C, probiotics, things like that. And I think I kind of got my ass kicked uh, uh, with that brand because uh, I invested a lot into it. Um, but um, I, I just didn't have the muscle in terms of like the financial uh, backing and ability to really scale that brand with lower margins. Remember, at that, I, there was a point in time where I had like, I think it was like $80,000 of inventory and I scaled too quickly, ended up having a lot of uh uh, a dead inventory. I think I had to discard like $20,000 or something worth of inventory. Sheesh. And I was like, oh. yeah. And I, yeah. So I, I think I was a little bit too confident going because I had success with those two first brands. And I was like, well, you know, I can, you know, I, I now I can like 10 X, you know, like I don't mm -hmm. want to do another niche supplement brand into like another, uh, I want to do something that I can sell for like 10 million or something, you know? Yeah, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> looking back, you know, um, there was more things that I should have considered, but, uh, yeah, I still was able to get a good exit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find with supplements, you faced a lot of black hat, you know, there's a lot of talk about competition and dirty tactics. Did you have to deal with that as you grew? Well, you know, I actually, um, I think the fact that I was in fairly niche uh, supplement spaces was very different. I think um, uh, when people talk about, um, um, when people talk about uh, supplements being like very dirty, black hat, it's, it's, I think it's not so accurate because um, it's kind of like putting all supplements in one bucket. And there's supplements is so vast, you know, it's like a $200 billion market, uh, I think in the US. And it's, it's such a huge market. So the amount of, of, of subdivision that you have in supplements is, I don't know, there must be like a thousand supplement niches at least on Amazon, you know? So like in between something that's just renowned for like a black hat in competition, like a testosterone booster or like a fat burner, you know, like a Garcinia Cambodia or something like those are those are the worst like those you will like this is like a knife fight 24 7 you know <laughs> like like you you'll get your 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 ass handed to your you know it, it, even if you if, if you can rank you probably not, not even gonna rank so this is yeah. very difficult you know but at the same time you also have smaller niches that are very uh low competition and you can kind of like count you all, you can almost count them on two uh, on two hands the amount of competitors that you're dealing with you know and yeah. so it, it's kind of like there, there's a huge difference between these two things and so for me um in my in the i could see the difference because sometimes for example with pure medics i actually had a testosterone booster and that one was like getting like you know um uh, suspended it got suspended a few times i could really very much see the difference between those like hot niches and mm. those like more boring boring niches right um yeah. So in boring niches, didn't didn't have much issues to be honest. And then, uh, you know, the the more competitive ones, and yeah, you get flagged all the time, and it's mm. a little bit annoying. 
Yeah, I think it's a great key for you know a great tip for success as well is is niche down as as far as you can because there are niches within niches that are potentially very lucrative. You know, maybe not got the hundred million dollar kind of target, you know, uh, actualized market, but the 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 ability to build something new in those more niche down markets is definitely much easier. And I think that you know, in my experience, the everyone talks about black hat tactics with, with supplements i think that's just because supplements is such a lucrative industry and that's and everybody wants to be in it you know we'll, we've got a product in the top thousand bsr in one of the categories in um in the us and we're constantly getting issues with that you know not necessarily black hat but just weird um amazon goings on that you know you just sometimes think that maybe there's competitors involved in this and, and that's not a supplement um niche and so i think it's not necessarily supplements that attract bad actors is just if you have a listing that is you know really prominent on amazon you're going to face issues no matter what niche you're in so yeah i wouldn't want to scare people off supplements is what i'm I'm trying to say i suppose yeah yeah no it's a good point i i think supplements is in some ways it's the ideal product you know and i think um that's why like so many people are so attracted to it Mm. there's a lot of things i like about supplements I like that it's sourced in the U.S., so that that mm-hmm. makes your supply chain. I remember like when I was dealing with, I had my uh, my supplement brand, I had my supplier in the U.S., and they would ship ground FedEx for free. Uh, would get to the 3PL in like three days, you mm-hmm. know, and 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 I was like, that was that was great. Charge to Amex, it would they would charge uh, and without fees. With I could pay with my Amex Gold card mm-hmm. and get the the travel points and everything. It's just like you know, it's so nice compared to like uh, you know, there's some other challenges with dealing with uh, overseas suppliers and stuff. Yeah. So that's great, and also um, the margins are are mm. incredible, especially when you go into higher volume. Um, you know, if you can order like a few thousand bottles, like people don't realize how cheap, you know, it is to, to make a supplement. It doesn't mean mm. it's bad quality. It just, it's just, it's just a cheap product to make, you know, like most supplements in high volume cost less than $5 to make. Yeah. But because of that, did you not find that you would face competitors that were willing to take less margin than you and undercut your pricing? How did you maintain that profitability amidst competition? Yeah, that's actually something else I like about supplements, which is there's kind of like this um, even playing field in the fact that all you have is a bottle and a label. And, you know, Mm. you can kind of like present it in a different way, but it's not like, um, you know, a physical product where you have a lot of dimensions to differentiate. Uh, in, In supplements are very 2D in a sense, where it's like it's a label that you have and what you put on that label matters a lot, yeah. you know, and that's lab- that label, that's your whole perceived value, right? And in a way, this is like something, you know, if you look at uh, pharmaceuticals, for example, and you go and see the prices for pharmaceuticals like drugs in the US, the prices are astronomical. And mm-hmm. to me, that speaks to the fact that people take these pharmaceuticals, these drugs, because they have a disease or they have a condition. And that creates a lot of emotional drive, a lot of emotional uh, need. It's a, it's, a, it's a big problem that people want to solve. So if you're able to uh, offer a solution to something like a, a, a health condition, people are going to put a very high value on that, right? And so, uh, for example, you know, and, and, and it's also very tricky to manage because, for example, someone has a heart condition, right? And you're able to offer a supplement that, makes them feel like this is really going to help them with their heart condition. 
Well, the value of that supplement can be very high, you know, because yeah. for them, uh, that health improvement is worth a lot, you know. Um, and so it's all about how you position, how you brand. And for me, I never saw uh, cheap supplement brands that compete on price as uh, competitors because I just thought that we weren't even competing for the, the same same customer. Of course, there's always going to be people that are going to be purchasing supplements based purely on value. But you have a lot of customers that you will be willing to pay a lot more um, to get something that they perceive is of higher value. So yeah. really, with supplements, sky is the limit to like how much you can price, you know. And I also use other techniques as well to increase the perceived value. Yeah, that was my next question. What are you doing to? Is it in your marketing, your Amazon listing? What do you do to increase that perceived value so that people will pay more? Mm -hmm. Well, so for me, it all starts with what I call a million dollar name, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, and so that's a brand name that checks a few boxes. So the first thing is a brand name that promises a benefit to that core plan that that customer has, right? So um, uh, I don't know if I have an example, but I think that's the first and foremost is the most important thing. And then the second thing is a brand name that is very unforgettable. So something that is maybe probably has a repetitive sound, uh, is short. Um, those things increase the perceived value of the brand name because it makes your brand look unique um, and more valuable. Um, and I would also add, you know, like like if you can kind of wordplay to add some sort of like an aura of, of premium, uh, more clinical, kind of like pure medics, you know, that's that wasn't a good name in the sense that it was a generic but it was a great name in a sense that it, it kind of conveyed this kind of medical clinical um, because a mental association, because people really associate anything that's with doctors um, as something that's going to work better, uh, more trust and uh, more effectiveness. So that's the first thing. Um, uh, the name is very important. Then graphic design of the label is also very important. Um, so branding in ways you can kind of tell, like if you go on Amazon now, like if we were to go and look at like the cheap brands versus like the more expensive brands, you could start drawing like very distinct differences. You know, uh, the cheap brands will usually like have a look and feel that make them look cheap. Whereas like the more expensive brands, like the Thorn, uh, Pure Encapsulations, um, those look clean, usually use like uh, uh, blue as a medical color oftentimes. Um, will look minimal. Uh, so the feel of purity and the association with uh, a medical is, 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 is strong. Um, and so it does feel like they look and feel like something your doctor would hand over to you and say, mm -hmm. take this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's also very important, like the design, the graphic design. And then um, we can also add things like unique mechanisms. Um, so that's also very interesting with supplements. For example, um, if you're able to convey that um, True could be a branded proprietary blend, for example, you could say, well, you know, I have this eye health supplement and I'm just making this up. But like um, if, for example, you could create a proprietary blend that helps preserve vision against maybe screen or the sun, you could call it like sight saver or something, trademark, um, proprietary blend. And then it includes a list of things and it makes it feel like you have something that will solve the core problem better than everything else and nothing else has it. No, no other product has that. So it creates this very kind of like 
valuable uh, va va valuable mechanism basically that nobody else has so it, it kind of does this really uh double whammy where it increases your perceived value and it validates everyone else and another thing that i like to do with supplements is offer an information product to help people get results faster more easily more guaranteed so for example if you sell a weight loss supplement then what you can do is offer a diet or, or um uh, and then the same marketing principles will apply to the information product if you if you give it a really good name a really good design it will feel very valuable you can have an image uh with like a 3d rendering of the book um and and show uh you know and then you can indicate that people will get it for free and then you can put on the label uh, the link to access or something like that mm -hmm. um and so people feel like they get they're, maybe they're getting this 40 dollar value or 50 dollar value program or ebook for free with their 30 dollar supplement purchase so all of those things kind of combined together make you know makes you able to charge a lot more uh, for for one product. Yeah, no, that's really helpful and applies across uh, you know industries obviously. But if we were to look at the supplement niche, because I think there'll be a lot of people listening, and you say high margins, local suppliers, um, quick shipping times, Amex Gold points. You know, you're saying all these good <laughs> things, uh, and there there may be some people that would be you know interested in uh, and maybe had discounted the the supplement niche because of the you know perceived competition. But as you say, so many niches to get into, and so if someone wanted to start a supplement brand from scratch in 2023 and beyond what are the first steps you think they should take mm, that's a good question and i'm not here to say like i'm not here to sell people on the supplement um no no yeah that, in full no, transparency uh... I've, I've i'm also moving away from supplements i'm trying okay. a brand now i'm building a new brand in a completely different niche okay um not in supplements and so but if I had a good idea tomorrow, I, I would be interested in maybe starting a new supplement. Right? So it's not mm -hmm. it's not to say that, you know, I'm, I'm preaching supplements or anything, but mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm yeah. So and I do want to warn people that there are some things in supplements that across the board are a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, pay per click uh, is is uh, very expensive across the board in supplements. And there's other things that, you know, make it. Not the easiest uh, niche, but that said, I still think it's great. It's a great opportunity. And if someone was to start, I would suggest a few things um, to help them uh, get going. So the first tip that I would probably give them is to, and this sounds maybe like uh, a little complicated, but I'll try to make it simple, is to focus a brand around a core emotional problem that someone has. And so with supplements, it will oftentimes be some health condition. And you want to be careful because this is where, like, you know, you have to really uh, tread a thin line between making disease claims and having, uh, uh, you know, plain Jane generic supplement brand. You know, it's uh, it oftentimes, you know, it's a very it's a thin line where you're suggesting, but you're not, you know, directly uh, suggesting. But so, yeah, you have to kind of find that thin line. But. I would focus on um, uh, one problem and a health condition. So, for example, you know, I was in eye health and I was uh, in, in ear health. And for those two, um, there was a specific health condition that I was going after. But, for example, you could say, well, I'm going to focus on people with anxiety. I'm going to make supplements for people with, like, an anxiety disorder, right? And that's going to be my core problem, and I'm going to build supplements around that. Right. So anxiety, that's a pretty big niche, though. It's pretty uh, it's pretty wide, but you could find 
um, uh, smaller niches, right? By doing some keyword research, shopping on Amazon, things like that, right? And so that's the first thing. Second, I probably uh, try and find a niche that's not too big. Um, so depending on the budget, obviously, but I'm, I'm thinking if someone is starting out, we're talking about more beginner, um, they probably don't have a fifty to hundred thousand dollar budget, you know, for the first product, right? So yeah. let's say like a more or more reasonable, like someone wants to like, uh, you know, ten ten thousand dollars or less, um, to start, then probably you'd probably be looking at a niche where people aren't selling fifty thousand or hundred thousand dollars a month, you know, probably pick something a little bit smaller, right? Uh, where maybe you have a top competitor making like 20 or 30k a month or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, and then you can jump in there and maybe there's 10 or 15 or 20 competitors, right? And then you can come in with great branding and 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 kind of carve your own uh, your your own path there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the second one. The third one is I would encourage people to start small, even though once you find something that works, I think you do really want to go aggressive and you do really want to scale it. But the cool thing with supplements is that you can easily find a, a private label supplier um, that's going to give you a formula that's maybe already pre-existing, already pre-made, but that can be enough to work with your branding and kind of like a, a you know, a two-step kind of like product launch. So maybe you order like a hundred bottles or something like that. And especially if you're a beginner and you try to list it. You, maybe you turn on some PPC, get some reviews, and just kind of get a feel for if your supplement is going <laughs> to completely fall flat or, like, people are actually interested and people actually want to buy, buy it. So I think that's actually a great thing about Amazon is you can kind of, like, dry test things a little bit. And once you got a good feel that your product is converting, uh, that people want to buy it, you kind of nailed the branding, you nailed the packaging and everything, then maybe you can place a bigger order at a cheaper per unit cost yeah. and then really do a proper launch, you know? Yeah. That's good. That's good. In terms of supplies, uh, how are you finding them? Just a simple Google search, or you got some other secret place? <laughs> um, for suppliers, for me, like that was the, my the, the when I found my first uh, private label supplier. That was really random. It was like a course that I that I got, and and this one guy in the course like made that recommendation, and then I I went ahead and and I, and I started working with them. But other than that, in the U.S., you know, there's no such thing as Alibaba. I think there's like thomas net or something there's like other like you know centralized websites for the us but honestly i'd probably say the best if you're in the us and you can go to like a trade show or something for supplements and you can meet people in person i think it's kind of old school but it's also kind of like suppliers in the us it's kind of like how they work you know so i think that probably give you the best uh bang for your buck is like go in person some sort of a trade show and then meet people in person of course if you don't want to do that that's fine you can actually go to google and you'll probably find um some good suppliers so kind of like you know uh, find like five or ten email them ask them for their moqs their pricing all of that information um and a lot of them will probably a lot of them do private label and uh, custom formulation mm -hmm. um it's just that the, the moqs uh, minimum order quantities for supplements can be pretty high in the U.S. Um, so it's common, you know, to do multiple thousands, you know, so mm. uh, at least a thousand usually. Um, and it's common to to be more than that. So yeah. but sometimes you can get lucky, find a supplier that's willing to do a smaller MOQ. So it all depends. Yeah, good. Good. OK. And then moving towards selling the brand, then at what point did you decide this is the time to sell? Mm. Well, I'll just be really honest. I think uh, for me. It, it, I would have, I could have uh, held on to these two niche supplement brands, these first two that I discussed, um, the, the eye health and ear health brands, 
um, I could have I could have held on to those. Um, they were pretty stable, and I could have kept on. But I think I kind of dug myself a hole with the third brand that I worked on, and I put myself a lot of uh, stress. And so I think I want to take some chips off the table um, mm-hmm. and then refocus on that third brand. It's I, I it's crazy that I still want, even after like I still thought it could work, and I still thought I would want to make it work. Um, so I decided, you know, I'm going to sell this account with these two brands and then I'm going to move my third brand to this other account and then I'm going to, um, uh, invest more into it and try like different angles of like, uh, making it work. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of like when I, when I sold and I, I just started seeing like these niche supplement brands. I was like, okay, I have these two, they're working well, they're, they're profitable, really good margins. Actually, when I look back, um, and uh, yeah, but at the same time, I didn't see a lot of growth potential. So I, I just thought it'd be better to just sell them and then yeah. move on. And you said you sold them through Empire Flippers. What was that process yeah. like? Um, it was long, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I also learned, uh, which is one of the reasons why I'm actually going into different space now. Um, I learned that selling a supplement business that is fairly small uh, was more difficult at that time. It was like the time of the aggregators, like, uh, you know, where like there was a lot of aggregators buying businesses. So I had calls with like, um, a different, I think at least one, maybe more like I mean, one, two or three aggregators, um, that were interested, but uh, I, I was hearing a lot like, Oh, supplements really risky. You know, we're, we're not really sure we want to, we want to, you know, so it took, um, it took a couple months. I think it took about six months, uh, for me to sell, including there was like this, one time where I was really excited because there was this one aggregator that wanted to buy the account at a really great price. Like that was kind of like more my starting price. And um, they did like due diligence for like two months. And then at the last minute, like when I send the last bit of due diligence, they're like, oh no, yeah, we're pulling out. Like this is not going to work for us. And I was like, ah, damn. Oh. Um, and so the listing was pending for that whole two months. And so I couldn't get anyone else to like contact me or anything like that. So then after that, it went back on. So I was a little bit pissed, but you know, as part of the game, I think like it was the second business that I sold. So I think I now, now I know that yeah, business selling a business takes usually takes a lot more time than you think. And it's quite stressful. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. just part of it. Yeah, definitely. And it's something where I've heard, we just uh, released a course actually in, in Brand Build University called Exit Engine. And um, Ben Leonard is, is the guy that teaches it. And he, That's a good name. Um, he, um, yeah, he sold um, Beast Gear. It's like a fitness brand. And, and he talks about in, in the course about how, um, you know, you can't take your foot off the gas when you're going through the sale process because a lot of people, you know, like you, yourself probably, you, you know, you get in that position where, okay, someone's going to buy it. They're doing due diligence. You get excited about it you're thinking about the cash coming into your account and it's very easy to kind of think ah okay the business is sold but then if they pull out and you've taken your foot off the gas for several months then the business can be in a bad situation so you need to keep moving forwards were there any other sort of lessons like that you learned that our listeners might be able to you know uh, glean from yeah i think that's a great mindset that you you just shared there you know i think um uh, definitely um it, and it's just a business like that has growth um you know if you can uh, provide you know you can you can show the way for the buyer to keep growing the business that's already good right but if you can actually show growth like it's already happening like as they're ha- as you're having a call with them like and like this is what we're doing now and it's growing the business right now you know that's much more attractive um yeah, definitely, definitely. so i think that's that's a great tip 
Other than that, I don't know. I would say like I think uh, with Empire Flippers was pretty hands off. My my first business, I I sold like I I was my almost my own broker. I think hmm. so that was like uh, a lot more like hands on. But Empire Flippers was like quite hands off. Um, so you know it was just like oh show on show up on these calls at these times and answer the questions. Um, so it was it was fairly easy. Maybe like one thing that I would add is um, it's just. And that's more like when for someone who's like starting from the beginning is start your business with the end of my in mind, you know, like if you know that you want to sell the business at some point, have it all like packaged up, you know, from day one, um, having like clean books, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. like a proper business entity, like having its own Amazon account that doesn't have like 20 different brands, you know, in the same account, like um, just keep things clean, keep things like well packaged. And I think that will make uh, make it a lot easier, a lot more attractive, uh, for buyers and a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Great tips. Great thoughts. Yeah, that's good. And then just to finish up then moving forward to, to now, obviously you mentioned about doing some new brand stuff, but you're also working for an aggregator sort of almost come full circle selling, you know, trying to sell to an aggregator. Now you're working for an aggregator. What's, uh, what's been the kind of the backstory that made that happen? Yeah, after I sold my business, um, I I was kind of like split at the same, I, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to start a new supplement brand. Um, it's kind of like tiptoeing. I wasn't too sure. I think I took a bit of time off and um, I felt like it could be a better opportunity given the market and how things were moving, like looking at all the consolidation that was happening with Amazon, all the big brands getting acquired and all the money flowing to to the aggregators. I thought that kind of like joining forces with um it's kind of like you know this saying like if you can't beat them join them you know that yeah, that yeah. saying right like i thought that could be interesting and i also i think i also craved like after you know uh being a full-on entrepreneur since like uh you know since i was young um i think i, I some part of me probably craved like a little bit of more like stability a little bit less risk i think i found that i'm actually quite risk averse um and seeing one of my friends who used to have an Amazon business and, uh, um, and then his Amazon, he wasn't able to sell it. Uh, I think he, he had problems with it. And then he ended up getting, uh, getting a job, uh, working at uh, a company in the U S and I thought he had pretty good. I was like, wow, like, you know, he's got making a really good salary and everything. So I was like, um, it kind of planted the idea in my head. So I kind of asked myself, I was like, what do I enjoy doing the most and what do I not enjoy? And for me, building products was what I, enjoyed the most it's always it's always been like that for me building products gets me excited um it's in it's that process of starting because i'm very creative so i love creating i love making stuff but then after that inevitably you know you come into the management of the business and the growth of the business where it's a lot more analytical right where you have to bring in components of like you know logistics and and uh, analytical marketing, you know, like, like, like it's a lot more now it's not about creating the video ads, it's about like, you know, manage the keywords and optimizing the biz and everything mm-hmm. like that. And then customer service operations, right? So I was like, I don't like that as much. Right. So how can I just do more product development? And so I kind of decided, okay, I'm going to focus on that and end up reaching out to this uh, one aggregator called rainforest in Asia. And it was a connect right away. I remember talk, uh, talking to someone there and uh, we kind of, we hit it off right from the start. Um, and so they brought me in as a, as a product development uh, manager there. So, yeah, so it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it, and it's been, it's been, uh, it's been good. I, I've actually been learning a lot 
and it's it's uh, it's cool that uh, you know they giving me a lot of freedom and I get I get to like uh, launch a lot of products and yeah. Mm. So yeah, I got to be a bit careful here because I, I I I know I can't discuss like too much internal processes and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, of course, of but course. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it's I mean it's Very it's a competitive space. Yeah, no, good man. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's a competitive space, so I think there's. Um, yeah, it's obviously been a very interesting couple of years for uh, the aggregator space. There was kind of like the gold rush of uh, 2021, and then the cool down of 2022, and now the the strong players are advancing. And because it was always a good business model, um, it just went a little bit crazy. And um, you know, the, the strong operators are going to survive the kind of some of the crunches that we've we've seen. And so, um, no, good, good on you, man. It sounds like they are a, a solid outfit and, and growing well, which is which is great to see. Um, what's it What's it like working for a, for an aggregator? Because there'd be Amazon sellers, I'm sure, that would be listening to this, thinking, "Oh man, I've got some skills, some expertise, and uh, you know, maybe I could do something like that." What's uh, What's it like? Are you, are you, are you, obviously, you're enjoying it. You have to say you're enjoying it, but overall, what's it like? Well, I mean, if there's some Amazon sellers that want to do product development, I actually am uh, hiring for my team. So if someone wants to reach out um, to, to join, uh, do some product development, um, definitely do. Um, and yeah, for me, like it, it's it's been an adjustment, of course. I think it's mostly like the general aspects of going from being an entrepreneur and just doing whatever the hell you want, like all the time. Like if you wake up one day and, uh, you know, you just want to like, do nothing for the whole day you know you can or you can be anywhere you want in the world like you know no matter what because for me i travel to like a a lot of different countries and growing my businesses and everything um and uh now now you know it's a little bit more like of a commitment you know so i have i put in the hours you know and it's been more structured and everything so um that i think i needed to adapt a little bit to that um but at the same time um i think it's been it's been really good for me because uh it's kind of maybe I was a bit of a mess before and it kind of structured me up a little bit and kind of put me on a more consistent uh, path. And I do see a lot of opportunities for growth. Um, and, and I think if you can join, if you're an Amazon seller and, and you can focus, you know, you can kind of narrow down something that for me was product development, but for someone else it might be the opposite. You know, it might be they just really love doing PPC or something, you know, or like mm-hmm. they really love managing a brand. Um, then there's a lot of, obviously a lot of opportunities to, to, to do that. And, um, there's, if the organization I think is the right size, there's going to be a lot of growth opportunities, you know, uh, to become a bit, a, a more important part of that organization. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Exciting times, man. Exciting times. Where can people find out more? You've just launched a YouTube channel, right? Where can people find out more about that? Yeah. Yeah. Just, YouTube, um, obviously. yeah. On YouTube. I don't know if, are you going to be posting a link or something? Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. We'll put the links. Name, yeah. Yeah. Max yeah. and Sroy. Um, yeah. on YouTube and um, yeah I got like 44 subs now so <laughs> if you want to if you want to subscribe you know I definitely get more more subscribers now so um, definitely let's we'll see if I'm we can get you to 50 about, at least yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks no man yeah, good, so good. that's the main thing now I'm not I'm not currently uh, uh, selling anything I'm just doing new videos and, and kind of like trying to build up an audience yeah definitely well there may be you might get some amazon sellers that reach out that want a job so um so they can uh, have <laughs> oh we also are acquiring brands also so if there's some nice. some brands you know that want to sell uh yeah definitely what kind of profile um we're mostly doing um parenting brands mm-hmm. but we have different brands in different categories so i think uh we're, we're looking at 
all, all types of categories, but obviously if you do have a parenting brand, that's the, that's the best fit. Yeah, nice. Good stuff. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll leave, uh, like we said, the links to your um, YouTube channel in uh, in the description for people to check it out. Um, good to have another solid practitioner sharing valuable content. So um, make sure you get subscribed to that, guys. Uh, Maxence, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Really appreciate you taking the time out. It's been very valuable, insightful, and uh, I'm interested to, you know, very yeah, excited to see where your, your journey continues to go. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben. No problem at all. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode. As we said, check out the links in the description for Maxence's uh, YouTube channel and all of that great content. And, uh, and we'll see you in the next episode, same time next week. Take care.